This is The Law School Show. Discovering the person behind the resume. Bringing you their stories and their tips on how to succeed in your legal career. Catch it all here, right now, on The Law School Show. Hi listeners, this is Angela. Today we have a very special guest for our episode, and that is Mr. Stefan Tisdale. He is now a partner at Denton's and co-leads the corporate and commercial law group of the Montreal office. He also chairs the global franchise and distribution law group. Moreover, he is the Canada region co-chair of the retail slash luxury fashion and beauty group. Since he has been a litigator and is now a solicitor, he shares the different qualities needed to be successful in each area. He also gives us insight into how he ventured into franchising law, what it's like to practice in that area of law, what his firm looks for in articling students, and more. So tune into this episode, and I'll hope you'll enjoy the interview. Um, I've been an attorney since uh, I called to the bar in 1988, uh, mm-hmm. so I've been an attorney for over 28 years. Um, I am a former litigation attorney and then uh, became more of a transactional attorney over the last, I would say, 10 years mm-hmm. uh, through uh, circumstance, which I will discuss later. Um, I am a partner uh, in the firm of Denton's Canada uh, LLP, which is uh, a partner in Denton's, which is a worldwide uh, law firm, actually the largest law firm in the world with over 8,000 or close to 8,000 lawyers, mm-hmm. um, half of which are based in China. Um, And so um, I I am the head, I'm actually co-chair of the commercial department in the Montreal office Mm -hmm. of about 100 lawyers. Uh, I am uh, chair of the franchise, the international franchise and distribution law group of Denton's, which um, includes about 25 lawyers across the world. Um, uh, I am also the Canadian co-chair of the uh, luxury fashion and beauty group, um, uh, which um, which is a significant part of Denton's globally in terms mm-hmm. of client base and revenue. Um, and uh, that's it. I, I had a group of both a transactional group of lawyers here in Canada, Uh but also a litigation group here in Canada. And uh, married and a father of one. (laughs) (laughs) So that's who I am. (laughs) My daughter's in business school in the University of Sherbrooke, and now she's going to do her master's at the Concordia. Oh, nice. I actually had, um, I actually did my undergrad in business, so I can understand the, uh, I guess, (laughs) <laughs> experience. And I'm happy to say she's not going into law because she actually she actually interned at my office a couple of years ago and um, I think she was not as excited by the law as uh, as others are <laughs> and so decided to go to business school instead of going to law school, <laughs> uh, which I'm pleased with because, uh, quite frankly, uh, I find it difficult for women to... Uh, to um, to reach very, very high levels in law firms. It's a, it's a challenge because women uh, have to be basically super women to be able to reach those uh, those same types of levels as men, which I find uh-huh. totally unfair, but it's, it is what it is. I see. 
So I guess how did you discover your um, interest in law? Uh, I was actually very fortunate. It's funny you should say that because my daughter is actually um, uh, soliciting um, uh, referral letters uh, to do uh, her master's at Concordia. Mm-hmm. And in her introduction letter, she talks about you know how difficult it was or it is for young students uh, to, to know what they want to do in life. Yeah. Uh, so I was very fortunate because I discovered at a fairly early age that I wanted to become a lawyer. Uh, to be honest, also at the at the time in the early eighties, um, mm-hmm. it was a very popular. As much as finance is now very popular in business, at the time uh, the more professional profession, uh, you know, you know, you became a doctor or a lawyer, or an mm-hmm. engineer or a dentist. At the time, it was that was a thing to do. So there was part what I wanted to do and part what was the trend at the time. So I basically went into law um, and uh, went to law school and uh, didn't enjoy it uh, in terms of studying that much, but I, I, I was really looking forward to practicing law, and mm-hmm. I basically learned my trade uh, practicing law rather than in law school itself. I see. What about specifically for franchise and distribution law? How did you figure out that that so, was the area. So, so that was really um, that was really just blind luck. <laughs> uh, just because um, I started out as a commercial litigator in and the firm that I actually uh, the 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 predecessor firm that I'm actually at now. So in uh-huh. 1989, I was a young lawyer uh, at the firm which was originally called Byers Kesgrang, which is today Denton's. Uh, in the meantime, it had become Fraser Milner Casgrain, mm-hmm. but I was a commercial litigator. Um, and then I, uh, I moved on to another firm uh, called Pouliot Mercure, which has now become Miller Thompson. And uh, I actually um, got very friendly at the time mm-hmm. with a partner there who was probably uh, the authority on franchising in the province of Quebec. His name was Jean Gagnon. And mm-hmm. so we, he adopted me fairly quickly just because he needed a, a young litigator to, 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 to work with his clients while he was doing the transactional work. And so we got along and he introduced me to all his clients and I started to make a name for myself and develop my, my visibility in that area. Mm-hmm. Uh, became very involved in uh, franchising associations and, and bar associations in franchising in the U.S. and in Europe. Uh, and he, encouraged, he had encouraged me to do that uh, because he was not interested in doing that. Mm-hmm. And then he left and basically I inherited um, his practice. And so uh, that from then on, I, I built it up uh, to become what I think is one of the premier you know, uh, lawyers in franchising in Quebec. There are very few of us uh, mm-hmm. that actually can profess to do that. I, that's all I do. I'm pretty sure that my competitors don't just do that. That's all I do. So, um, I see. And so that's how I fell into it, basically. Um, were there any challenges that you faced while developing your career? Oh, for sure. Uh, basic challenge was, you know, if we go back to university where I was a very discreet and uh, shy uh, young student, um, I, I, I had to overcome the challenge of 
being discreet and shy. Uh, so I became president of my class, and I and I decided to take more leadership roles, which forced me to become less shy and more assertive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I carried that over into my career, and so I've strived to take on leadership roles, which um, which is not easy for somebody that's uh, not uh, you know that's not as perhaps outgoing Mm -hmm. um, naturally than other people, but I overcame that challenge, and today I think it's pretty fair to say that that's not (laughs) an issue anymore, Uh, but that was one challenge. The other challenge was to uh, basically develop myself as a a premier or develop the niche market that I work in, uh, which really is not one of the staples of the law profession. You know, when you think about the law profession, you think about M&A and you think about finance and you think about real estate and infrastructure and energy. I mean, that's what law firms, big law firms in particular, are all about. Those mm-hmm. are the, you know, the hallmarks of the success of the big law firms that are involved in those areas. Um, you know, what I do is, is, you know, at best a curiosity, but it can be a very successful curiosity <laughs> when you become uh, an authority in the area. And, and the challenge has been just that, is to become an authority in the area and to take over from my predecessors, who today are less um, prominent, um, not only in Quebec, but in the rest of Canada and, and abroad. Okay, and so do you have any other tips for lawyers that recently got called to the bar in terms of developing their career? Well, these are challenging times, uh, to be honest. Uh, The economic downturn of the last couple of years have made it very challenging for young lawyers to first secure articling position, but even more to secure jobs as lawyers, uh, certainly in large law firms, but even in smaller firms. Um, so the, the, the dream of going to law school, being successful, securing a high-paying job, doing what you want has become a huge challenge. Uh, we see it every day because we don't hire dozens of mm-hmm. articling students every year. None of the other firms do. Uh, so you really have to be very good and have to be better than everybody else. Um, so, so, you know, if I have any tips is to, to be you know, as much as possible top of your class, mm-hmm. uh, to have varied uh, interests, not just studying. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I look at, for example, you know, some of my daughter's uh, contemporaries in business school, some of them just study. They have really great GPAs, but they really don't have much else. Mm-hmm. Uh, my daughter has been successful because she has other interests outside of just studying and being a successful uh, student in her uh, specialty, uh, lawyers are no different. So, so I think that you have to you have to be involved in the community, and you have to to try and and have more to offer than just a great GPA. I see. Those are really good tips because a lot of times we do get sucked into the whole studying mode, and we forget. Yeah. That you have to develop well, I mean, other areas. Uh, the, you know, university, uh, as in other areas, is 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 a great opportunity to network and to develop uh, uh, friends and colleagues. That uh, you know, I've I've had colleagues who have become. Cl- I have I've had colleagues from university who have become clients oh. uh, over the years. So so the networking in university is really important. 
developing also a, a fairly outgoing personality, I think is mm-hmm. also very important. Uh, when we interview uh, students uh, for for articling positions, um, it, it is it, it's a it's obvious that people with a more outgoing personality stand out because mm-hmm. at, at this stage in the game, uh, what gets you in the door is your GPA uh, and your marks in school. Uh, what gets you the job uh, that just gets you in the door uh, because you know we weed out those who are not up to the basic requirements of you know very high yeah. school marks what gets you in the room and and gets you a job really is the rest of it which is you know has a lot to do with personality has a lot to do with outside interests has a lot to do with experience hopefully some work experience that mm-hmm. hopefully even related mm-hmm. uh, not just working as a clerk in a grocery store but uh, hopefully something more than that um, leadership positions competitive uh, activities you know my daughter was was a competitive skier she was a competitive tennis player she also taught tennis and taught mm-hmm. skiing all of these types of things. I'm sorry, I talk about my daughter a lot, but it, it just is an example that comes to mind just because I know her better than, <laughs> than the dozens of students that I see and interview every year. Yes. Um, those are the types of, of uh, additional you know, um, qualities yeah. or characteristics that make the difference between somebody that, uh, between two people that have the same 3.6 GPA. Um, the one that has a resume that, that, you know, shows more life experience, more work experience, uh, more accomplishments. Um, you know, if, if your, uh, your question is, you know, what are tips? Those are the types of tips that I would give mm-hmm. to students. Um, to show resolve and to show, you know, um, the pursuit of what you really want. I mean, those are the types of things that uh, that come out of an interview that uh, will really be helpful and, and will probably show a difference between w- with somebody else. Um, since you've done uh, litigation and you've also done, you're doing more uh, transactional work now. I'm just yep. curious. Are, would you say there are different skills needed for each? Uh, oh, totally, uh, completely. Um, well, completely. To a large extent, um, litigation is is um, you know to be a litigator is 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 a quality in and itself. Whereas, you know, and I can see the difference between being a transactional or commercial lawyer and a litigator. I mean, litigators live to argue uh, to. They live for the fight. They live mm-hmm. for the win. They live for uh, never giving up. Um, you know, those are qualities that that are required to be a successful litigator. Um, you know, some people will say I was never a real litigator because I I, I ended up being a transactional <laughs> lawyer. Uh, I gave up litigation just because I ended up just being tired of it and mm-hmm. tired of the adversity. Litigators love adversity. They love it. Um, I got tired of it after 18 years. I just wanted to do something else, mm-hmm. um, and I'm much more happier today uh, just because I, you know, it's the old adage, I've been there, done that, and bought yes. the T-shirt, and now I'm much better off and I'm much happier <laughs> doing what I'm doing. And I'm still in doing some litigation in that I'm... I'm, I'm counsel or strategizing with my commercial litigators yes. in, in 
certain areas. So I'm still sort of got my my the, the tips of my fingers wet. I get them wet once in a while just because they need my help because I've been mm-hmm. there and I've litigated most of the franchise cases in the province of Quebec. So um, so I still enjoy doing that, but at a distance. Uh, but yeah, there, it's a different skill set. If I look at the young lawyers in my office uh, that are litigators versus the ones that are commercial litigators, they don't have the same personality. Um, they um, and that's something that's acquired, uh, frankly, when you're exposed to both. Um, so if you do, if you you get the opportunity, if uh, if if someone gets the opportunity to to article in a large firm where there's going to be a rotation where they're going to do some labor work, they're going to do some commercial work, mm-hmm. they're going to do some litigation, they will get a feel uh, for what they like more. Uh, they will also, you know, it, it naturally, uh, uh, people that are more um, experts in the area will will also get a feel of, you know, who is more mm-hmm. suited to one area more than the other. Um, but it also depends on the person, and, and they end up choosing what they want to do. Uh, I've seen some, you know, lawyers in large firms end up being criminal lawyers who are typically on their own, mm-hmm. um, or some people doing immigration law who are typically not in large law firms and who have a practice on their own. And, and of course, you know, family lawyers uh, who end up articling in a big firm, but they want to do family law, or they article in a small family law firm and they enjoy family law. So, yeah. so I think all of that starts with what, you know, students like in law school and, and where they end up articling, and, and, you know, nature usually takes its course. I see. Uh, so just could you touch a bit more about the traits of a of someone that would be more suited for uh, to be a transactional lawyer because you delve more into litigation well if I if I turn back to my years yes. in law school um, I mean uh, there's there's got to be a taste for uh, you know if you're talking about tra- uh, transactional law and commercial law you know you have to have a taste for corporate law uh, company law. You have mm-hmm. to have to have some taste for tax. You have to have a taste for everything that's perhaps not as sexy <laughs> as litigation, because litigation. A lot of the, the the imagery from litigation comes from TV and what we hear and what we see on the news and all that's of that. Uh, uh, I, I think commercial law is is probably in some way more boring. Until you get involved in doing deals, oh. and then it gets really interesting. But it, it, you know, for for a number of years, young lawyers have to you know toil in <laughs> virtual yeah. anonymity, uh, learning their trade and drafting contracts, and 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 learning about corporate uh, regulations and corporate law, and that's probably not as exciting as going to court and and drafting legal proceedings and and going uh you know arguing cases and 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 fighting with other lawyers and and being in examinations Mm -hmm. it's a really different environment and so you know the the characteristics of those people who want to do one rather than the other uh are very different in the sense that uh, you know my commercial Colleagues, whether they're my partners or they're young lawyers, uh, are usually probably a little more 
you know, discreet, and they're 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 not looking for uh, they're not looking for a fight, and they're <laughs> not they're not drawn towards adversity. Uh-huh. Whereas the litigators are a different type. They 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 just love to be in, in lots of action and then and and fight with other lawyers and go to court and and do all of those things and and that's something that you learn when you're out of law school you don't learn mm-hmm. that in law school you don't even learn that when you're doing your bar that much you really learn it when you're in it and when you get the chance to taste uh, one and the other I see um, so how did you manage the transition from being a lawyer to um, being more of a managerial role uh, frankly yes. uh, age and experience <laughs> just because uh, you know I was uh, you know when you start exercising a leadership role uh, whether it's in your own department uh, when I left Miller Thompson uh-huh. in 2007 I was the head of litigation there um, and then when I came over to Fraser Milner which then became Denton's I was I was in there I was in the commercial department so um, I my transition was fluid in the sense that you know leadership is a lot about not what you take but what is entrusted to you mm-hmm. and so I guess I, I uh, first of all you have to you have to like to 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 management um, I have an undergrad in, in management, so oh. so I I I always was interested in that, and and I always wanted to participate in that uh, that part of the practice because uh, I I think it needs to be done well by people that can do it well, mm-hmm. and so far, well, you know, I've been I've been head of the commercial department here. And in my other capacities for a number of years, and so far so good. I think uh, I think I enjoy I enjoy it, but uh, you know it was it was not everybody can do that. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess it uh, you have to try on smaller roles, and as you're successful in you know uh, tackling smaller roles, then then people entrust you with larger roles in, in organizations, and then you end up being um, you know playing that larger role. Okay. Um, what is the best part of your job? I don't think I've asked that yet. Um, you know, I'm very, very lucky. If I, if I, I couldn't have dreamed when I was a young lawyer or even a student doing what I do today. First of all, I'm part of this, you know, the, the largest law firm in the yeah. world. I travel fairly extensively. I'm gone usually between two or three months a year abroad oh, wow. in our various offices. I get to now uh, do transactions for clients, not only here locally or domestically, but abroad. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm leaving for Russia on Friday. I'm doing a deal in Russia, and mm-hmm. then I'm going to Holland. I'm going to do another deal in Holland, so working with my colleagues in those countries to, to, to do deals there. Um, I have fantastic clients uh, mm-hmm. who trust me with their business and, and who I assist in just accomplishing even more business. Um, so the best part of my job is really is the clients that I am fortunate to work for and the opportunity to, to, to work in an environment mm-hmm. that, you know, we used to talk about globalization 10 years or more ago. Uh, I'm I'm living it. Um, I mean, I when I so just this year I was uh, since 
January. I've been to Paris three times in our oh, Paris wow. office. I've been to Dubai. I've been to our Milan office. I've been, uh, so now I'm going to our Moscow office next week. I'm going to be oh. in our St. Petersburg office the week after that. Um, and I get to travel seamlessly because I, I just, you know, uh, am able to have an office when I land somewhere because we have offices in mm-hmm. 52 or more countries. And so uh, I can work fairly seamlessly aside from time zone uh, differences, which are, by the <laughs> way, a huge challenge. Um, but especially when you're in China or in Australia, yes. because I've been to China twice in the last two years and working 12 hours, you know, uh, ahead of everybody when you're there uh-huh. is, is a huge challenge. But, but uh, you know, apart from <laughs> time zone uh, challenges, I have fantastic colleagues. So I'm I, you know what? I'm, I'm probably living the dream that uh, many students or young lawyers would like to live, and I'm very grateful. Um, but that came through a long process of mm-hmm. trying things and being successful generally, uh, having some failures sometimes. Um, uh, you might be interested to note that uh, I was fired in from Byers Kazarian in 1992, oh. uh, and then I came back in 2007 uh, with my clients and was appointed chair of the commercial department. So oh. <laughs> you know, life, life is never what you think it will be. Yes. Um, and I was unemployed during the recession of the early 90s for uh-huh. four months. Uh, I was, uh, you know, just married. Um, luckily, I had no children, but it was, you know, four months of uh, <laughs> hard times. But I yeah. overcame that, and um, and now I'm, I'm I'm doing very well, and I'm very happy. Uh, I'm working at a fantastic firm uh, with great people, and I just uh, wish uh, that to everybody that gets involved in the law. Mm-hmm. I actually haven't heard much about, I guess flying for other lawyers so i'm just curious if that's just unique to your area of law or if you what do you mean more. what do you mean exactly like traveling so often well that's uh you know what uh, that's probably uh, i gotta be honest uh, out of the i mean there were 500 lawyers in canada yes. and aside from those people who off who uh who occupy you know, jobs on the national board, on the global board. Uh, if I look at our Montreal office, I'm probably one of the few partners that travels as much as I do. But that's really because of the type of work that I do that is more international. Uh, certainly the litigators here in Montreal would not travel near as much mm-hmm. as I do. And the commercial lawyers, well, certainly not the labor lawyers, because it's very, I mean, it's very local law. I just happen to be fortunate that I represent Canadian and actually North American companies who are expanding abroad and who are in need of counsel when they travel abroad. And with time, with my travels and with the work that I've done, I've, I've, I've managed to, to gather some experience working abroad and dealing with counsel abroad and dealing with laws abroad, um, which, you know, uh, is helpful to clients because I'm able to, mm-hmm. to work with lawyers in other countries. So, um, I, but I'm, I'm a bit of a, I, I wouldn't say that that uh, far from a majority of lawyers in my position would do that. So uh-huh. we would probably a be a small minority of lawyers who travel as extensively as I do? Yes, I, th- you're, I think you're like the first one that I've heard that has pretty much been 
globe trotting. <laughs> yeah, but that, that has a lot to do also with our organization. Yes, yes, definitely. Worldwide, and yeah. so you know, uh, we have offices in, in every across the world. We recently merged with a firm in Australia, another firm in Singapore. Uh, yeah. Now we're we're on to Central and South America. We just merged with a Colombian and a Mexican firm, and and so there are certain mm-hmm. countries where it's going to be a bit of a challenge, like Brazil and India, because their uh, bar association rules uh, prohibit mergers with international firms. Oh. So, so, but in other countries where that's not the case, we will be there. And we will be there, Dentons will be there just because our clients want to be there. I have a client right now who wants to be, you know, he has a list of mm-hmm. countries where he wants to be present in, and his list is 189 long. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, he wants to be, every, he wants to conquer the world wow. so, uh, in, his, in his business. And so, you know, he, our organization, you know, Dentons is, 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 Tailor, it's custom fitted mm-hmm. to this company because we have offices everywhere, and I have the ability to, you know, pick up the phone or email somebody in, you know, the 54 countries where we are, and and more to come, and say, listen, I have a client who wants to do a deal there. Can you help us? And they'll say, of course. Um, and then more often than not, you know, mm-hmm. I'll be called upon to go uh, and assist with the work that needs to be done. Um, so, so it's it's great, but it's it's sort of exceptional. I think most of the firms, most of the Canadian firms, yes. Uh, well, first of all, there are only two that are international. There's Norton Rose and there's us. Uh-huh. Um, all of the others are, are are Canadian firms, national firms. But they, although they have associations with other law firms, they they are not they are not worldwide integrated with international firms so so you know it makes for a different story and a different model uh, when you're doing what I do uh, so with so many I guess a lot of responsibilities going on how do you manage work-life balance uh, well uh, as I mentioned my daughter's uh, she's in university now and so she's uh, she's away and I'm not. Mm-hmm. I don't think she's going to be coming back to live at home. Uh, <laughs> she visits, but uh, she's she's off now. And so, and my wife works. Uh, she works at Bell uh, Media, and uh-huh. so she has uh, she has a busy career as well. And so, uh, for the time being, it works out well. Um, the traveling is difficult because uh, when I'm away so long, she's not able. To, my wife is not able to come with me most of the time, so that's yes. a bit difficult. But the rest of the time, we travel together. So she's coming with me to Russia next week. Uh, so, the, so, so you know, on occasions, she's able to join me in my trips, and that's great. And the rest of the time, well, you know, there's uh, there's Skype and there's the phone and there's, <laughs> there's email and texting, and that's the way we have to make do. But uh, but that's you know that's um, that's how it is. But uh, usually we make up for it. So so in terms of life balance, yeah. I I would say it's pretty good. Um, and you know, as long as uh, you uh, you have good quality time when I'm here, which is the case, then it works out fine. And, I would say it uh-huh. would be the same with family as well. And in the beginning of the interview, you mentioned how it might be tougher for women um, to, mm-hmm. I guess, get on the partnership track or continue forth. Yeah. So I, I was wondering if you could just touch a bit 
upon that subject well, again. It's funny you should mention that because the Quebec Bar, as well as the Ontario Law Society, yes. uh, put together a, a program um, called Justicia, oh. which uh, tries to promote uh, the advancement of women, particularly in large law firms. And I was the only male of a <laughs> 20 person uh, female group of lawyers who was um, who was uh, active in that program which has now been launched and is fairly successful Ooh. and the purpose was to uh, you know try to put uh, forward some programs which would be helpful for women uh, to become more successful and to, to you know to be able to work out because unfortunately um, you know I, and I think this will not change but only women can have children <laughs> so so that's a fact of life yes. and, and a lot of women want to have children and and men are not always able to, 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 to you know contribute their fair share uh -huh. uh, which makes it more difficult for women who want to have the same kind of career as men so in my life I found that I've lost a lot of younger female associates who were better than younger male associates um, and I, I felt really badly about that because they were destined to great careers and I lost them because um, the 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 reality of life in large law firms didn't, was not helpful in helping them achieve the same successes as their male counterparts. So that's why mm -hmm. I got involved in the Justicia program, and I was very motivated. Uh, so I think there's, there's, there are a lot of programs that have been put in place to be helpful, but it still remains a challenge. Um, and so one of the challenges, frankly, is that women mm -hmm. uh, have basically told me after four or five years of practice, I am not ready to, you know, make the sacrifices that you are making uh, to be, you know, to be in your position. Um, oh, and okay. so, so that's why we have to figure out, and, uh, you know, we haven't found the, the answer yet, yes. but we have to figure out a way to, to allow them to do that. Um, because there are sacrifices, you know, I, I go out during the weeknights and I have dinner with clients and mm -hmm. I have to, you know, travel with clients and there's a lot of things that I have to do, but I don't have children anymore. And when I did, I was doing the traveling and my wife was, you know, taking care of business yes. at home. Um, you know, it's hard for women to, to, to compete with that. And, and I, I'm, I'm just trying to do my small part to try and advance uh, whatever programs can be done to uh, now, whether they're, you know, being able to work from home, which we're starting to do, and, you know, mm -hmm. flex hours and all those types of things. Um, but, you know, the, the real solution has a lot to do with the change of culture, and, and, and that's going to take some time. And, and, and uh, you know, to a certain extent, it's, it's a bit of a male-dominated world in the law profession, and uh -huh. so... Uh, the good news is there are more women than men in law schools and there are more <laughs> women than men that are young lawyers uh, hired in law firms, and hopefully those women will be empowered to, to take charge. There, there are a few women managing partners in large law firms, so that's promising. Mm -hmm. um, uh, not so long ago, there was a 40%, um, uh, there were 40% of the partners in my Montreal offices that were women. Now it's gone down a bit because there have been some turnover, uh -huh. but, um, but I, think, I think it's a lot better than it used to be, uh, and I think it, it, you know, down the road, it, it's going to be even better. So I guess it just takes a bit of time to yes. get change yes. going.
Yes. Okay. And final question is, what is a career goal that you're still striving for? Huh. Yeah, I, I had to think about that one quite a bit. Um, you know what? Uh, my career goal is, is to do something after what I'm doing now and to find what it is that I want to do. Uh, because, uh, you know, I have, uh, in, I'm 50, as I mentioned, I'm going to be 53, and when I yeah. turn 60, I will have been working for, you know, a long time, uh-huh. and, you know, uh, being a partner in a large law firm can sound like a lot of fun. It's not always a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> there are challenges, uh, and I'd like to think that, you know, after I'm 60, I might want to try something else. Um, and it, it would probably be something in the business area, uh, you know, maybe be uh, a CEO of a company, uh, being involved uh, with a client rather than working as outside counsel for oh. a client. But, but probably my career goal would be to do something else than just being a partner in a large law firm. Um, I, I think that I would like, I would enjoy doing something else at some point. I, I don't know when, I just gave mm-hmm. you a, you know, a hint of maybe at that point in time, we'll see how I am then. I may still enjoy what I'm doing now at that time, and then, you know, I may put it off. But I, I, I think that at some point, I may want to try something else. Perfect. So thank, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. And it was great listening to your tips and just hearing about all the experiences that you shared. You've just been listening to The Law School Show. You can find all our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or at our website at thelawschoolshow.com. If you liked what you heard, like us again on Facebook and get the latest updates from The Law School Show. Career advancing advice, right to your earbuds.